0: Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday. It's October 6th. It's 2021. We're going to talk Thursday night football. We're going to talk some prize picks. And um, we had a couple questions come in over there on Twitter as well. I'm joined today by my good buddy, Chief Justice06, Will Priester. What's happening, buddy?
1: Nothing much, man. Doing good. I think everybody and her mom knows what I'm doing these days. Just hanging out in the, the streets of prize picks trying to uh, you know earn, earn as much as I can so uh, that's what I got going on my friend uh, love that site you know I'm a thrive fantasy underdog <laughs> all, all the props no props left behind like let's get it in prize picks is just you know one of my favorites but you know I like what thrive fantasy has going on you know with their uh, Gpp style props and you can also this is something they may not know Stevie you can actually do traditional Prop investing on Thrive as well, uh, and their payout structure is a little bit different. Like you get three point six x for for two out of two, um, you know, and then I think it's God, what's that? Is it six point two? Either way, it's a little bit different, but I still like it. You know, same thing with Underdog three x six x ten x twenty x. I mean, look, you know, if if you're in the props, you got to find ways to just keep edges, and that's what I that's what I love. But Prize Picks is mostly where I'm at i
0: mean you do you got to do what you got to do um yeah i uh I mean yeah man it's it's a lot of fun also will um each and every week over there on the nfl food for thought podcast uh, kind of like a first look podcast for the upcoming week as far as nfl goes they have some fun they talk some food um i mean they're just hanging out two dudes hanging out on a podcast i mean i mean will's a great guy luch is a good dude um i mean yeah make sure you guys are checking that out if you haven't checked it out i gotta listen to this week's episode i kind of took tuesday off i don't ever do that i mean like i just took tuesday off uh morning grind off we didn't have any premium work to work on i didn't start prepping nascar i don't do that until wednesday so i mean i just i kind of chilled on tuesday will played some disc golf and um spent some time with the family i mean It was uh, it was a good day. And um, I mean, watching the Red Sox game as we record this, super nervous, Um, almost want to just turn it off so I don't um, get nervous. I mean, anyone that is a sports fan and your team like no DFS for me for baseball today. I purposely did not do a podcast for this slate because I I knew if I did the research, I'd want to play. And I just wanted to enjoy the baseball game and just hope the Red Sox bring it home. Um so we'll see what happens. I already told Will, he's not allowed to talk about the score. Um <laughs> he uh he laughed at me and he said, "Come on, man."
1: <laughs> so,
0: um let's get into this football slate, Thursday night football. We're going to talk uh DraftKings cuz um uh, that's what's up in front of us. FanDuel, I mean, FanDuel and DraftKings are different for me as far as showdown slates go. I mean, you you're playing a lot more quarterbacks on FanDuel than you are on DraftKings uh, because of the multipliers. But overall, general thoughts are general thoughts. This is a first look for me. I'm doing my like deep dive into this game right now with you. Um, and um, I mean, this game sets up as a fun game. So let's get into it. We got the Rams and the Seahawks in this one. 54 and a half. Rams a two and a half point favorite. Um, I mean, this game projects as the highest projected implied total on the weekend um oh no the the chiefs went above it now the chiefs i think are up to 56 second highest my bad um (laughs) we'll start we'll do traditional morning grind and then maybe talk some roster construction afterwards we'll start here with the rams um i mean matthew stafford looks fantastic cooper cup I mean, I guess we could kind of say it was a down week for Cooper Cup. He had 13 targets, only five catches. He didn't score two touchdowns, so I guess we got to call it a down week. What are we looking at here for the Rams, Will?
1: Yeah, I'm not – you know, look, you know, the jury's still out to me on Arizona, and I'm not saying I'm not a good team. That's not what this is about. This is saying, hey, you know, it's still early in the season, right? Guys have to get their mojo. I don't think the Rams are derailed from any championship aspirations – and Cooper Cup is still wide receiver one. Uh, so, you know, that that that's really all I have to say about it. Not really worried. Um, Stevie, I think that the good thing is the targets didn't go anywhere. I mean, they, they literally went up for the most part. Uh, that's the most he's had all season 13, 12, 12, 11, 10. And that's the order. So if you look in reverse 10, 11, 12, 13, I guess we're looking at 14 targets this week, Stevie. He's gone up one target every game. Being facetious, bottom line is Cooper Cups should be still in double-digit targets this game. He's got to be one of the top plays uh, on the board, just period.
0: Yeah, I mean, price-wise, he's obviously the highest price on DraftKings, um, so price-wise he's expensive, but I mean... He's definitely a potential like captain play, um, MVP play on FanDuel. I mean, he, I think he's in play on both sides, um, as like the top overall play. Um, I mean, I like Cup, obviously, I like Stafford. Both of these guys are fantastic. Now, let's talk about the rest of these pieces here. Um, Henderson banged up, he's been dealing with this rib injury. I mean, they're going to keep him kind of limited here, I feel like, all week. Um, but I expect him to play Seattle's allowed the second most fantasy points um, through the first four games to opposing running backs. So, I mean, Henderson, obviously is someone that I'm looking at, if he were to sit, um, I mean, that opens up all the possibilities there. Um, I don't know if I really want to play Funk or Michelle, but I think they'd both be um, playable here. We saw a really good game from Van Jefferson. Um, Higby had some targets, just didn't you know convert into a touchdown. I mean, this offense looks good. Sean McVay is very happy that he has a guy like Stafford that can kind of throw the ball around. And, I mean, we're we're looking at the first few games of the season and we're looking at Stafford chucking the football all over the field. Um, so, I mean, with this projected to be a high-scoring game and a, a game that should have good pace, I mean, the passing game is where I'm looking at here.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely think with the Rams, it's the passing game. Um and, and nothing against these, these running backs like Henderson or uh, Sony Michelle, but, you know, Matthew Stafford, you know, in every game this season so far, uh, thrown the ball more than 25 times, which doesn't seem like much. But then you realize he had 321 passing yards in a game where he only threw it 26 times, right? And then he threw it 30 times in Indy for 278, 38 times against Tampa Bay, 41 times against Arizona. And of course, they were behind that game. And this game should be, you know, a back and forth affair. Both teams should be able to keep up for the most part with each other. I, I feel like this is a game where both teams can stay within 10 and and, and and under, which means both teams should continue to keep their foot on the gas and stay aggressive. So uh, I, I I just think Stafford and this offense, they're going to be, you know, in, in terms of this particular slate, like the ultimate plays, and you've got good receivers on the other side as well?
0: Uh, Some low-owned plays. I mean, Deshaun Jackson's going to get a couple long ball opportunities in this game. I mean, for that reason, I think, you know, you could definitely potentially take some shots. You're going to have to see how this um, Higby situation kind of shapes up. Mundett's like a blocking tight end, so I don't know if he would actually – Get more snaps or not. Um, so I mean, I think you look at the main pieces here from the Rams. Um, I don't think you overthink this one. And then on the Seattle side, I mean, the big news here is Carson and Metcalf. Um, I mean, Metcalf dealing with a foot injury, Carson's dealing with a neck injury. It's a short week. I mean, if this is Sunday, we're probably not overly worried about these injuries. I mean, it's four games in the season, these guys are already banged up. I mean, it happens, it's the NFL. It's a fast-paced, hard-hitting sport. Talk to me about the Seahawks here, Will.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, we've seen this with Chris Carson before where they had this carousel of running backs behind him. I think, you know, if, if, if Metcalf were to sit, then I know we're all going to flock to Tyler Lockett, right? And, And I definitely think that that's a uh a great idea but i think freddie swain is going to start getting a whole lot of ownership if, if dk's out and I, I mean i think that's the right play you know he, he'll be chalky but at 4600 you know you, you're probably going to end up with a guy that's going to get i would say if dk's out maybe six targets in this game Stevie. i think that's reasonable around yeah, six
0: yeah it's super fair yeah i, mean, I six also targets. think I think it definitely depends on Everett, too. He tested positive or negative on Monday, so he has a chance to play. So I think if he's out, too, I mean, that's something you got to watch. But yeah, I mean, six, if Metcalf sits, I think six is super fair. Yeah. And I mean, because yeah. Esridge is banged up, too. Sorry. He has, yeah, yeah no, no worries. He has a no concussion. Worries. I highly doubt he'll be ready for Thursday.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, if Freddie Swain gets six targets, but if he turns into four catches for? 50 yards of a touchdown, like that's, that's perfectly fine, you know? So I, I think he would be uh, a really big target. And then of course, um, Russell Wilson, I think, especially if Chris Carson is really banged up and, you know, cause he, he didn't practice Tuesday. I mean, we're, we're two days away. Like you talked about uh, that's a big deal. You know, Metcalf was, was limited. So I do feel like maybe Metcalf's probably closer to playing than, Carson with Carson, not getting a practice in, uh, but either way, if, if either of these guys are are scratches, then that's going to really open it up for this team. But, but, but I would absolutely be playing Russell Wilson if DK's out, like, absolutely.
0: Yeah. I mean, Collins, I think would be the most interesting play. I think he'd be the, the chalkiest play on the slate at 3,200. Um, I mean, if Carson ends up sitting we're you know, he's coming off of a game where he had a touchdown, he had 10 carries. Um, So, I mean, if Carson doesn't play, Collins is going to be massive chalk. And I mean, he's going to be good chalk. He's so cheap that, I mean, you're going to have to get some exposure to him. So, I mean, the Seattle side, obviously we love Wilson. Don't get me wrong. Like Lockett a lot as well. Um, You mentioned Swain. I mean, in tournaments, in these large field tournaments, when you just need I mean, it feels like on showdown slates this year, it's just been like these random tight ends scoring touchdowns. But I mean, a guy like Penny Hart, if Metcalf sits, if Everett sits, I mean, this guy came back to practice. He's, he looks like he's going to be a full go for Thursday. I mean, he's not going to play a ton, but if Metcalf's out, we could see this guy, you know, end up in like that 60% snap range if Metcalf sits because I mean, they don't have a lot of other options. So Watch the news because Penny Hart's $200. Um, a lot of people will play Freddie Swine, um, they'll play Locket, but I mean, take some shots on Penny Hart, he's 200 bucks. Yeah. Like, you don't need a ton of production from that price, like, one big catch, and like, it's all you need. Um, if Everett plays, I love him. I mean, revenge game, we saw Russell Wilson and him connect five times in week three, didn't get to play last week because of COVID stuff, but I mean. I mean, test positive or negative one more time, and I think he can play. So, I mean, there's a chance for him to play here. So, uh roster construction, Will, I think this is one of those one rare instances where it's like we really have to wait an hour and a half before <laughs> lineup block because, I mean, we're, we're going to need some inactives here to really know what we want. I still think that we're going to see a lot of 3-3 three, three builds, so I'll probably do a lot of 4-2 builds Probably won't do 5-1 builds. Probably won't do 5-1 builds. I think 5-1 builds is tough um, with a game that's supposed to be so high scoring and close. And I think a lot of people will try to go 3-3. Three, three. And I think this week is a really good week to get 4-2 and uh, just try to chase that
1: ceiling. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. And what I will also say too, Steve, is I think like you talked about in terms of the – the. Uh, the injury report i definitely think it drives this build because you know if you know, like we, t- we talked about if dk and uh carson were to happen to sit which i don't think dk is going to sit because he had a limited practice then the bill gets a little in my opinion a little more tricky because you could absolutely probably take a shot on a swain or a collins in the captain and then now we can get all the other good players, or, or a great deal of the good players that we like. So, I think that's a that's a a big deal on this build. Um, so, if if I was everybody, I, w- I would wait and see. I, is it okay if I maybe take them through like a uh, let's just say DK's in type build, and then a, a build where he's probably out? Of course, dude. I mean, it's we're,
0: we're, we're we got one game to talk about. <laughs> Can I do? Yeah, oh,
1: you give them all the goods. Will give them all the goods. Yeah, I, I definitely think if DK is out, and you might think in your head that this is going to be popular, but I'm telling you right now, it won't be as popular because people will have one less uh, expensive guy to play. I think Cooper Cup will probably be, even though he's the most expensive, one of the more popular guys. I absolutely think if DK were out, I, I'm thinking Freddie Swain captain, like all the way. Uh, for me because that allows me to get him, Cup, I can get Wilson uh, or Wilson, or, uh, or Stafford. Uh, one of the two, I don't think I can get both, and I can get – so if I took Wilson, I'd probably take Swain, Wilson, Lockett, Collins or something like that if, if uh, Carson was out, and I'd run it back with maybe a uh, – this would be leaving money on the table, but I'd probably run it back with like Van Jefferson or Deshaun Jackson or Kicker or something like that. I'd be leaving some money on the table, but I would be okay with that. That's a 4-2 build. Or, or what you could do if you want to get up a little bit more, still have the same 4-2 build. And um, and uh, geez, what's the guy's name? Chris Carson is out. I could run Collins in the captain, which which seems counterproductive, but he's so much cheaper. I could run him in the captain and uh, and then still kind of kind of bump up a little bit and get some get some of these other guys in there. So that's kind of uh the approach I would take with that type build. Yep. Absolutely what I'd be doing.
0: I mean, yeah. So I mean if you play Collins and Captain, you can build whatever you want. Um yeah. let's just throw that out there. So that might actually end up being a little bit more popular just because like this slate sets up as like one of those slates where you're, you feel like you're going to want a lot of points and you don't want these punts. But I mean, there's five guys, there's five guys for a Thursday night football game that we need injury news on Metcalf and Henderson, Carson, Higby, Everett, five like big time role players that play snaps. And like, I mean, so we're going to be waiting here. Uh, If Colin sits, Travis Homer becomes an interesting tournament play that could potentially be like a pass catching third down type of back. So, um, I mean, this is a this is an interesting Thursday night football game. Um, a lot of stuff going on here. We did have a question over there on um, Twitter about this game. And then we had a question about Sunday slate. We'll, we'll take them both. Um, let's do this one first. What's the better contrarian approach in showdown when a team is splitting running back touches like Seattle lately, play both running backs in your lineup or just pick one and captain slot him?
1: Hmm. Really good question. I think for me, even if there's a split, I think it depends on um, the volume, right? Like, to me, all splits aren't created equal. Like, there's a 50-50 split, there's a 60-40, there's a 70-30, there's an 80-20. Like, the closer we get to 70-30, the less likely I am. The less likely I am to play both running backs unless the pricing is going to yield us the result. So, um, like, for instance, I I think this is probably the best one that I can think of. And believe it or not, this one is more of an 80-20 split. But I think it's Zeke and Tony Pollard where Zeke's doing well and Tony Pollard is doing well, but Tony Pollard's still on the field about 20% of the time, roughly. Um, and Zeke's still on the field more, and Tony Pollard is priced like he's on the field like 40% of the time. And so he's he's kind of priced out of upside. But, you know, like like on a slate like this one, if, you know, if Zeke is, you know, uh, let's see what Chris – if Zeke 6,600, as an example, because Chris Carson's 6,600 – and Tony Pollard's 1200, then it's absolutely more advantageous to squeeze Pollard in there because he's a guy who can get you 10 to 12 points and it absolutely be worth it at, at 1200 versus getting 10 to 12 at 7,200, 7,600, which is what I think he was in the last showdown slate. So uh, I, I know that didn't quite answer it exactly, but I, I don't think all splits are created equal. I think you you try to play it more so. How close are we getting to an even split? And then the further away we get away from an even split, the more we look at the salaries and and say, okay, the lead guy is the lead guy.
0: I almost always line up HQ for showdown slates, limit one Mm -hmm. running back max per team. Now I will say Monday night football game, I built a couple of hedge teams because I always build hedge teams. I talked about this for years. Um, I mean, since I started doing the podcast and talking five days a week, I've been talking about hedge teams. So uh, my, my highest scoring showdown for Monday night football was a hedge team. It had Eckler at captain and it had Roundtree. and Roundtree wasn't expensive. He was like some ridiculous price and it was able to like fit in some other things that, you know, really worked out. But I mean, it was just a price thing. It was like, yeah. I mean, do I really want to play both running backs? No, that's why it was a hedge team. But, I mean, Roundtree got enough work that, like, every time he would get a four-yard carry, I'd jump 500 spots because he was 1.7 or 7% owned or something. I can't even remember off the top of my head. But, I mean, I don't want to play both running backs um, together hardly ever. But I will build some hedge teams. Um, and, And, like, for instance, this Seattle game, if Carson sits, I mean, you could potentially play both of these guys together homers 1k collins is 3.2k 4.2k i mean like you're gonna need something like that if you're trying to captain cooper cup um so i mean i think it all depends on slate it depends on the team and it depends on pricing um so like you said nothing is nothing is always the same um, with these showdown slates you got to approach them every slate differently i mean showdown is fun and I used to be super against it. Any long time listeners know that like when showdown came out, I hated it. <laughs> I hated it, but I mean, it's fun. There's all kinds of strategies and stuff in it. And roster construction is huge. And I feel like roster construction is still where like some of the DFS edge is. Um, so, all right. Uh, while we're talking Thursday night football, let's pull up price picks. If you guys haven't checked out Prize picks, make sure you head on over there, use the promo code grinders. Um, I mean, we always have fun stuff going on with Prize Picks. As far as like right now, if you sign up using promo code Grinders, you get a hundred percent match up to a hundred bucks. <laughs> sign me up, Will. Yes, yeah. <laughs> sign me up. Free money is
1: free money.
0: Heck yeah! All right, let's look Thursday night football. We got all kinds of stuff going on. I mean, we got some we got some props up, um, some fantasy scores up for Thursday night football from some single stat fantasy points. So I mean. We got Stafford at 299 and a half passing yards and Russ Wilson at 275 and a half passing yards. Um, I mean, generally, I like looking at passing props. Um, I mean, Russ has hit that two out of four games this season, which I mean 50% odds isn't terrible. And then Stafford's hit that two out of four games this season. So I mean they're kind of both right in that range. Um, either one of these stand out to you, are you looking elsewhere?
1: Uh, I think in my mind, and, and this is something else that Price Picks has done, Stevie, so I think this is kind of cool. They have increased the uh, the earnings payout depending on, for same-game correlations, right? I, I think because of the game situation, I like the Russell Wilson under. I mean, I like the Russell Wilson over. But I do think there's a world where if Chris Carson is out, I think I like it a little bit more. Yeah. I like the I, if Chris Carson out, I like it a little bit more. But a world where you can take the Russell Wilson under and correlate that with the Stafford over. And believe it or not, instead even in your flex play, Steve, even in your flex play, you're getting 2.25 X even without locking it in rather than the traditional two. And then if you go the power route, instead of getting 3X, you're getting 4X, right? If you can kind of correlate. And then as you move up the chain, well, you go to receiving yards, you say, okay, we got Cooper Cup at 84. We've got uh, Woods at 80, 58. And let's say, you know, as an example, we're just building here. And I'm going to come back to it. Just trying to demonstrate the, the idea. You say, well, DK Metcalf is hurt. Let's just bank on him being a decoy. And let's take the under on him as well, right? And then you take, let's say, Robert Woods, and you take the over. And now if you're playing a power play, as an example, um, or flex, flex, you're getting 6.5x, and the power play, you're getting 12.5x. So these are all the little extra nuances that PrizePix has added in, and I think it's fantastic, and you need to know that. So that's one in this particular game I really would be interested in like, okay, they say, well, DK is going to play, but he's limited. Maybe he's out there just kind of running, won't catch as many passes possibly. Let's say, okay, we take the under on DK because maybe they'll put Ramsey on him anyway and let him follow him around a little bit. Under on Russell Wilson passing yards, but you take the over on Stafford and the over on Robert Woods, uh, and that way that'll get you a a six-and-a-half payout in the flex portion and a 12.5X payout in the power play portion so if you're feeling really froggy what i would say is this uh power play for lower amounts flex play for your main amounts until you get your bankroll where you want it on the site um so yeah but i think that's i just want to demonstrate that all in all for me i i think this is you know a game of fireworks and so i i do like matthew stafford over and Russell Wilson over in a vacuum um, because I think they'll have to try to keep up with each other. If they're going to, they're going to make some noise here on Thursday night, short week defenses can't prepare the same. So should be able to, should, should be able to score the ball. Yeah.
0: I like Cooper cup. Um, uh, I mean, I like over 84 and a half receiving yards, but I also like over seven catches. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll probably be mixed matching those two. Um for a good good amount here um it's probably my one of my favorite ones i mean what's interesting here is you could take a little bit of risk and i mean lock in tyler lockett at like 66 and a half over 66 and a half receiving and hope metcalf doesn't play and i mean it's going to go way up if if metcalf gets ruled out um so i mean that's you know somewhat that's some somewhat interesting um I don't typically – do you like doing, like, the, the over-under on, like, touchdowns and stuff? I don't I don't typically will do, like, over-under on touchdowns. Um,
1: yeah, I, I don't really bother those um, unless it's a guy like a Derrick Henry. Yeah, oh, like yeah. If they give yeah. Derrick Henry a half a touchdown, like, a, I'm probably just – I think you're going to come out ahead, like, percentage-wise. If you just take the over every time, like, because he's probably going to hit that, I would say, Stevie, 70% of the time they get anywhere inside the goal, they're giving it to them. So a guy like him, absolutely. Um, So, yeah, I like that. And then I do like touchdowns in terms of uh, passing touchdowns for guys like Mahomes. Like like typically Mahomes will come out at two and a half. And so I don't mind taking the overs on him at two and a half a lot of the times. Um, Some guys will come in at one and a half like Kyler Murray. I don't mind taking you know the over on that for passing touchdowns because they, they got a, a really good touchdown equity with you know receivers on their team. But all in all, I try to I try to avoid it. Like so D- Henderson and Carson, I'm just not gonna touch them at all.
0: All right. Um let's say let's let's go for a two for two NFL Thursday night football. Um give me give me your favorite I'll give my favorite and we'll we'll lock in a 2 for 2 here um what do you got for me
1: Yeah I think as it stands right now um uh, my favorite would probably be Russell Wilson over 275 and a half like as it stands right this minute
0: All right we're going to do a 2 for 2 I'm going to do a flex play today we're going to do a flex play we're just gonna, we're not going to go we're not gonna try to go big money. We're gonna try to go 2X. And if we if we only hit one of two, I like this too. I mean, you're you're returning half of your money. You're still working on trying to build that bankroll. Um, I'm gonna go over 84 and a half receiving yards for Cooper Cup. Gonna lock in this two for two flex play. Um, I think this one's super strong. I'm with Will. I like the Wilson call. Uh, There's the morning grind, two for two flex. And uh, we're just trying to go 2X on this one. So I like that one. Uh, Will, before we move on for prize picks, we did have one more question. We'll answer that after prize picks, but let's talk a little disc golf. I mean, we got the United States disc golf. We got the United States disc golf championship this week. It starts on Wednesday, it goes till Saturday. It's one of the hardest tournaments. And I've been watching practice rounds um and i mean i'm liking some of these prize picks i like some of these overs i like some of these unders i hadn't looked at them until we right before we got started and there's a couple of them that like instantly stood out to me um chris dickerson he's at 60 strokes right now take a pound in the under on that one um chris dickerson is an amazing form right now Three of his four rounds last year at the USDGC, he shot under 60. Um, so I'm going Chris Dickerson under. I'm gonna do a five for five here for the people, Will, because it's disc golf and I love trying to get these five for fives. Um, one of my favorite things to do. Um, Can't Calvin, listen. I'm gonna take Calvin Heinberg. He is his putting woes seem like they're starting to even out. He looked really good. Um, and he went under. 60 in three of four rounds last year. So I'm going to go under Chris Dickerson, under Calvin Heinberg. I will recap this at the end um, for people because I know they'll want to hear it. I'm actually going to take an over here. Um, this guy is really good and I could eat my words on this one. And I mean, it might happen, but I'm going to go over. Oh, it, it moved since we have looked. Um, hold on. I don't like it as much now. We're all right. We're going to go. All right, I have two more that I like. We're going to go under on Brody Smith young. I mean, Brody Smith. Everyone knows Brody Smith. He's a trick shot master, a uh, huge personality on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. He needs to shoot one down. I've watched three practice rounds with him. I love the content that foundation disc golf puts out. If you're into disc golf, check them out They're They do awesome content. I've watched three practice rounds with him this week in prepping for this course. This is this course is meant for him. He can throw long and he can throw straight. So this course is a course that he should be able to do really well at. Um let's see. There's some stuff. Oh, I got one here. We're gonna take the under. I'm a boy um University of Florida, Garrett Gerthy. Uh he's at 62 and a half over there. Gurthy is someone that always plays well the first couple rounds of a tournament. And then like seems to really fall off at the end of the tournaments, but this guy bombs and you have to be able to throw long on like three or four of these holes where he's going to have like Eagle opportunities where other people are going to have birdie opportunities. So really like Garrett Gurthy, I mean, he might have one or two bad holes, but I mean, we don't need him to go crazy. We need him to shoot four under. He was able to do that a few times last season. So um, at the USDGC now, with disc golf, you have to take an over. You can't take five unders. Um, And this is, this is always like the tougher ones to try to figure out on who you want to take over. Um, One more under that I like really quick before we move into the over. I'm not, this can't obviously be one of our flex plays because we can't have five unders, but I like Simon Lizotte's under his scores last season were terrible at USDGC. He had an issue with his elbow and like he was out six months after USDGC last season and he is back. He's playing fantastic. He should have no problem shooting four down um, this weekend. So I'm going to take the, uh, the under on Simon Lazad as well. I'm going to mix these in um, as well. One more, my over, this one's tough. Overs are always so tough. I mean, it's, I want to say Ricky Wysocki over. He is just such good form right now. Like, how do you take a guy that's just absolutely lighting it up and and say over? He always seems to play bad at USDGC from, you know, looking into, like, his stats and stuff. So I'm actually not going to take him as much as I want to. Um, I mean, overs are always so tough, Will. Yeah. Um. I think I think I have to go – man, I think I have to go Kevin Jones. It's so scary to go over on Kevin Jones because he is so good, but he's only broke 61 time out of his last eight tournament rounds at USDGC. Um, so I'm just going to play the odds here and hope – um that he's just not putting well because this dude this throw this guy has a can and he throws really far um i mean all these guys on pro throw really far so that's my five for five flex play for disc golf i'm gonna throw 25 bucks on it um i don't go crazy with the flex plays like mr will does with his hundred dollar um cs go <laughs>
1: Five for five uh, that he's always tweeting well, out. Um. So and I'm I'm usually mixing and matching. I mean, I I, I listen. I, I don't post everything. Trust me. But I'll probably
0: yeah. have like four or five five for five flex plays at twenty five bucks a piece, and all I gotta do is hit one. Um. So, uh. So that's what I ended up on: Chris Dickerson under Calvin Heinberg under Brody Smith under Garrett Gursky under Kevin Jones over. Like I said, I like Simon Lazat under. Um, Paul Eulerberry is really close Ezra. You don't really need a lot from Ezra. He can throw really far. It just, I mean, this course, if you're into disc golf, this course is so crazy because there's so many out of bounds lines, so close to baskets that you have to have such good touch. And like, I always, always take the under on Paul McBeth and Ricky Wysocki and Eagle McMahon because they're the three best players in the world. It's just yes. this course is just so tough um, that, I mean, I'm trying to find as many odds as I can. Like, Brody Smith, do I really want to play a guy that's not ranked in the top 50? I mean, I like him. I like his content. But, I mean, I just need him to shoot one down. It's his first USDGC. Maybe there's some nerves, <laughs> but I need him to shoot one down. And, I mean, I, I watch... I mean, he's 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 on it. I'm hoping that like this course sets up really well for him. Um, the hardest one of the hardest holes in disc golf is USDGC hole 17. It's like TPC sawgrass with water, but mm-hmm. they don't have water in front of the basket. So it's grass, but they have these hay barrels. And Ooh. so it's an island green, though. There's water behind it, and you gotta land inside the hay barrels, not OB. And what's crazy yeah. about it is if you're short or long, you have to re-throw the shot. Oh, so gosh. like Just like in golf. So if I throw short or long, I'm throwing my third shot. If I throw short or long again, I'm throwing my fifth shot. You can't walk down and get the disc. You have to throw a different disc in your bag. And, uh, I mean, if, if you guys are wanting some fun, I mean, I wouldn't even say it's fun entertainment, but go look up Johnny McCray at the usdgc i think he threw seven shots on on 17 and went from leading the tournament to finishing like third or fourth um so that's why you see like some seriously crazy rounds um out there i mean i think it was eagle mcmahon shot like a 71 after like shooting in the 50s the first two days last year so it's crazy anyway that's what i got for disc golf uh, we got one more question and then we're gonna get out of here Let's go over this one. Well, this is just a general football question, and I get this question so much. And it's one of my favorite things to talk about. It's can you go over using the upcoming week, how many you would approach in a high-stakes single entry tournament versus a 20-entry max? How I would how we would approach it. Um, if you approach a your approach to like three entry maxes, and do you single enter those three entry maxes? I'm gonna touch on that one really quick and then I'll let you give your thoughts. If you're not going to max a three-entry max, play a single-entry tournament. I, I mean, that is that is basic advice, but I feel like that advice goes a long way. There's so many single-entry tournaments on FanDuel, DraftKings, other sites, Yahoo, SuperDraft. I mean, you can go play underdog and, and get one-on-one contests. I mean, listen, if you're going to throw a single bullet into something, throw it into a single entry. Unless you're just playing for pure entertainment, do not throw a single bullet into the millionaire maker. The odds of you winning that are so slim. It's ridiculous. Even cashing in it, go play the, there's, there's probably a $20. I know DraftKings has an awesome $27 single entry tournament. Go play that Play $7 extra go play that. Um, so that's my first advice um, when it comes to don't throw a three entry one bullet into a 3 inch max um would you agree will like we're not you're not recommending that either right
1: no 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 not not at all um you know it's single inches is designed especially for football like football the contests are so big like there are contests you can win 100k in a single inch contest Stevie. now it's a little bit higher stakes but still like the, this is this these are real dollars here um so I'm with you man you know always always if you're just running one load up on single entry um you know, like Stevie said now now here's where I think we may differ a little bit if I am just running one I am going to throw it in that $20 milli because I just hate to hit the nuts <laughs> I just mentally I just it, it, it would crush me but uh, but 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 I think if you're going to do that, maybe try to hop in a little higher stakes, Millie, rather than the $20 one. It's very unlikely I'm going to win, Uh, but still, I just I I have to at least put it in there.
0: Do you know, like, I I don't play the Millie maker.
1: Um, Yeah, there's a lot of guys that don't, yeah.
0: I don't even get mad. Like, I I obviously haven't hit the nuts. This week, I was really close to having a monster week. I talked about it on the podcast on Monday. I don't think I texted you about it, Will. Um, I had a, I had a football team on, on Sunday that going in, going into the afternoon games, I was leading a lot of tournaments on FanDuel. Um, it was a team that had Tyree kill. It had McLaurin, it had Cordell Patterson. Like it was, it was off to the races and it had two spots left. And I was like, I'm not going to change my original thoughts. I had Higby and Hopkins at tight end and wide receiver to run each other back. Uh the lineup construction was still really good. I had thought about going Metcalf Noah Fant and I would have won a lot more money if I did that, but still not mad about my decision. But I was on one and uh it just happens. But anyway, um <laughs> as far as like a 20 entry max tournament, my process for 20 entry max is I load up lineup HQ. Um I pick like two two to four typically game stacks um that I like. And I will go through and group out the correct correlations and stuff. Um, And I mean, like if you're using lineup HQ and you're trying to do it in five minutes for football, you're not doing it right. Um, There's a lot that you can do Saturday and and even Friday as far as like grouping your correlations um, before you get injury news and need to adjust like percentages that you want to play of people. You can start doing your groupings and stuff way early. You don't have to wait until Sunday morning to do that, but you should be using groups and correlation. Uh, but yeah, for twenty entry max, I will typically, um, I'll typically pick like two to four stacks that I really like and just kind of build around those stacks. And I mean, the twenty entry max tournament on drafting is one of the best tournaments out there. I've talked about this for years. It pays twenty five percent of the field. Top ten is less than fifteen percent you're playing for 60 bucks and you're getting a chance at a hundred grand. Um, I mean, there's not many other tournaments that you're going to see that granted you're playing against over, (laughs) uh, over 500,000 people. Um, so you got to hit the nuts, but I mean, listen, that's where I get my entertainment. I do some crazy stacks. Um, I try to hit the nuts in that tournament. Will. um, so I mean that's how I kind of approach the twenty entry max. Do you do you dabble in twenty entry maxes or anything like that anymore?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially on on DK where that three dollar play action is. I mean, I like it. It's you the best tournament I mean? in DFS. Yeah, so you know, like for instance, you know, last week I was saying hey, I was going to lock in Derek Henry and Travis Kelsey, and it quite, quite work out. But you know, that's the kind of the idea for me when I'm when I'm in those tournaments. And I'm not always going to lock a guy in but I did feel like Derrick Henry was kind of lock button worthy this past week. So those are kind of some of the edges I try to get in those type tournaments where, you know, if I feel like it's the best play, I know it's high variance. I'm willing to take on that risk for the reward of getting to the top. So um, that's what I do. And then what I try to do as well in in, in 20 entry max is even at 150, I don't play a lot of quarterbacks, in twenty entry max, I'm probably getting down to maybe three. Like I don't, I don't yep. try to spread it too thin, because I, you know, I'm, I'm losing upside because I can't, I can't capture everything I would like.
0: Yeah, I was always max my quarterbacks out at like four and just stack around those guys, and I try to hit on those. Yeah. And like, for instance, like, um, you know, you were talking about Derrick Henry. Like, in a twenty entry max, if you're not going overweight, you might as well fade. Um because i mean you're you're really just kind of hoping like that player does absolutely stellar or you hope he busts and you gain 30 percent of the field um so i mean you just kind of take some risks on the 20 entry max now the other part of the question this was a three-part question great question jay um over there on twitter how would you approach a high-stakes single entry tournament well first of all everybody's high stakes is different. Um, you know, if you're a low bankroll player, your high stakes, you know, tournament might be a $20. Did Devers do it? Did it go? Oh, sorry. Um, I thought Devers had a three run homer there. (laughs) I was about to get super excited. Um, I mean, so like if you're a low bankroll player, your single entry high stakes might be like a 50. Um, some is a hundred. I mean, there's single entry tournaments now that are like five grand. Um, they call them, you know, nosebleed and thunderdomes for a reason because like most people don't have the bankroll and, and I mean to do that kind of stuff. So I mean, in most single entry tournaments, over a hundred dollars, we'll we'll go with the hundred dollar mark. I try to build a very, I, I wouldn't even say safe, but I try to build around like good plays with a couple lower own plays. Um, and that's kind of how I approach the high dollar single entry and I do that even in lower dolls the lower dollar single entry tournaments because I mean I love single entry tournaments I'm not a 150 guy especially anymore um I did it for NASCAR this past weekend I was like man I really don't miss doing that (laughs) so I I mean I, I do it in NASCAR from time to time when I think there's a good edge um but I mean I really have kind of changed my DFS game to playing three entry max playing single entry. And it's really worked for me. And I mean, I'm just going to keep rolling with it. Will.
1: Yeah, man, for sure. Um, you know, kind of the same thing with me, which, you know, I'm, I'm still, you know, playing traditional DFS, but you know, I, I found an edge on price picks and looking at props and stuff like that. And, you know, you just got to decide one day, Hey man, what, what's, what's working for you? Not that traditional DFS, what not working, but you know, I, I, and I also really enjoy, you know, what's happening over here in the prop game. And so I kind of migrated my DFS place to a lot of that. And, you know, don't be afraid to uh, to do that. I mean, I guess this is a little bonus footage, but um, this is something Stevie and I talked about. You know, you, you can't get caught up in your RG ranking, you know, get caught up in what's going in that bank account. And and the minute you you figure that out, uh, man, you'll have you, your, your role would be totally different
0: do what works for you and what is the least amount of stress for you um that is what i got that is it yeah. for wednesday we've all over the place on this podcast been fun um we will have the week five morning grind breakdown podcast um tomorrow's podcast thursday Friday's podcast, um, bringing on Ister, um, 819 Keith, and we're going to talk uh, playoff baseball. I think there's a four-game slate on Friday. So hope everyone enjoyed. It's always fun talking sports just in general, hanging out with Will. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you guys again Thursday.